Hey, hey, what do you, what do you have there? Is is that a churro? Or it, I, it's a Dole Whip. It's a Dole. Whip. I've got my Mickey bar. Hey, <laughs> let's hey, cheers. Man. Hey, cheers, cheers. Clink. When you wish. Welcome yeah. back to a very special episode of Sip of Mimos, or as I'm calling it today, When You Sip Upon a Star. Oh, wow. This is the internet's premier Citrus Space libation podcast, wherein my partner Elliot and I uh, discuss uh, 90s rock and electronica albums. Yeah. Um, uh, so growing up in the 90s, you know, or just being a person in the 90s, you had so many amazing groundbreaking uh pop culture events happening you had movies you had albums you know you had tv um one of those inescapable things was Mm -hmm. the movies of a little company called walt disney this is true pictures only vhs boxes oh yeah (laughs) the 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 shells shells i I still cases yeah um and so we figured this is an idea that Elliot and I have been bouncing off each other, you know, for a while now. And we would be remiss to have a podcast about 90s music without talking about some of the greatest, uh, not only songs, but movies, um, not just of the 90s, but of all time. And so today we're going to be discussing some Disney songs. And culturally of note. Culturally right? of note. Oh, I like that moved the media landscape and all that good stuff. So we better mention it, right? I like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for today's very special episode, we're actually uh, breaking new ground. We're bringing on a Disney expert, uh, one of my oldest friends and one of my cherished friends, Nick. Nick, welcome to Sippin' Mimos. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. This is really cool. Nick, we're so very glad that you were able to uh, be our guest Huh? Um, this very special there. episode. Oh, did I steal good. it from Jake? Did I steal it from Jake? Oh, I, 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 mean, just, I thought you would do that. Let me cross it out. I want. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> How you doing, just... Nick? How's your day? Oh man, I am doing great. It's awesome to be here, able to uh, get back behind the microphone. I actually, yeah. I know you were going to mention. I, I can just, I can introduce myself. Give I used a plug. To... <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's an irrelevant plug at this point. But I was the host of the Mickey and Minutes podcast, a Disney podcast, for about three or four years. Um, I stopped doing it maybe a little over a year ago, but I miss it. And when I got the call to do this, I was thinking, this is awesome. And maybe, just maybe, I'll bring that podcast back too. And then I'll have you guys on whenever, whenever I do. Oh, boy. I oh, love it. Well, t- tell us about Mickey Minutes. Um, what, kind of, what kind of stuff would you dive into? So I, uh, I called it the short Disney show because I always wanted it to be uh, really concise. I had the idea of like something you can listen to on the monorail ride from your resort to the, to the park and get some information. Then you get to the park and you'd be like, hey, family, guess what I learned today? All right. Oh, so it was basically oh, yeah, it's like, like a, commute, a commute podcast within the parks. Exactly, exactly. You can listen to it on the way to work, whenever, but oh, I would give Disney cool, history um, on, I focus on theme parks a lot. I love the theme parks. I did some episodes on movies and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of all over the place, but the idea was a short, you know, one commute podcast. Awesome. Yeah. What's the, um, 
the like the short cartoons that Disney put out was something funnies or the, the silly symphonies. Silly symphonies. It's yeah. kind of like a silly symphonies uh, in a podcast form. Yeah. My uh, oh. <laughs> my intro music. I want to say this without you know getting flagged for copyright. My intro music was like the uh, old Steamboat Willie music. I talked over it, oh, nice. so mm-hmm. like, maybe it wasn't noticeable. But I mean, I think they're cool if you talk over it. I'm I'm <laughs> pretty worried about this episode because Disney is notoriously litigious. Yeah, but, uh, but, that's you know. what I've heard. I'll tell you one thing that made me a little nervous about coming on here. My podcast, since I did it by myself, everything was scripted, and yeah. With you guys, I know it's very conversational. So it's like, all right, let's just talk. We yeah, just chit chat. Like the the sip of meals is kind of born over uh, sharing mimosas. I think on a Saturday morning in Austin, where we were just kind of Elliot and I really enjoyed talking about music and albums, and we both had our backgrounds, and we're just like, hey, we should start a show where we just have mimosas and you know just chat about our favorite albums, and uh, here we awesome. are. <laughs> Jake, yeah. I want I want to mention something from a, a old time of our friendship. We we'd known each other for a long time, and I don't know if you remember this, but we had an idea, like, gosh, forever ago, to do a podcast. Oh, and we recorded one episode at my apartment. Do you remember yeah. what that podcast was called? Oh man, Uh-oh. I remember. I remember it started off um, with the nineties. It never got published, by the way. It never. You have the. You have. The, I have uh, it somewhere, but what was it called? It was called the Great Movie Pod. Oh, that's so good. like the Great Movie Ride. But it was the Great Movie Pod. Uh, what? When was this, guys? Dude, I feel uh, I feel uncomfortable right now. Yeah, you know, we're talking about our our history together. Sorry, man. Yeah, this is like, oh, it's it's cool. I'm still friends with my ex. He's gonna come over for dinner tonight. <laughs> You know, oh, I can, <laughs> it was 2015. 2015. Oh, what? Ellie swooped in. I swooped in. <laughs> I stole your boy. Yeah. And then I ended up just doing the same Disney podcast idea by myself. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie pod going to be? Oh, Disney movies? It was like Disney movies. Yeah. It was going to be wow. uh, Disney movies and stuff. We had a segment that Jake was adamant about. It was going to be called Boy Meets Pod, and we were going to discuss specific Boy Meets World episodes. Do you remember this, Jake? Oh, man. I think... <laughs> we never and, got and, around to that, but it was, like, and, it was a good idea. And now, uh, the oh, stars boy. of Boy Meets World have their own podcast. And it's isn't it called Boy Meet Pod now? It probably. They they stole that from you. <laughs> wow. We, we, that was a, we were ahead of our time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how'd, y- how'd y'all meet, then? Uh, so Nick and I um, both came up playing uh, in pop punk bands uh, in San Antonio, and it was 2008. Uh, and I think your band needed a new singer and guitar player. We did. Uh, and yep. so I, I remember you shot me a message. But we must have played together. Well, we met at a uh, at a mutual friend's house. It was like a bonfire party. And we there's a bunch of acoustic guitars there, and we were playing, and we just started chit chatting. And you were like, "Hey, man, do you know how to play Sugar We're Going Down' by Fall Boy?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, bro." So we played that song together, and the bromance was born. And then we played in a band. He joined my band. Uh, we were called Forever Golden. We played for a while. Yeah, we man. Just stayed, stayed close since then. Uh, Jake, this is all sounding pretty familiar. I think you might have a pattern <laughs> with pod- with podcast pros. <laughs> I you know I think 
this is this is a very eye-opening uh experience right now i'm having a lot to unpack <laughs> so it's been i guess like i said 2008 because it was still myspace days it was man i remember your 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 um your profile pic you were in, wearing in a black shirt and you had a black uh fitted black cap to the side i did um, it was probably a follow-up I had. So, I think it was like clandestine industries. Remember that? Pete Wentz's brand. Yeah, yeah. I was all that about was, that. I was a fanboy. That was 15 well, glorious well, years now. Well, well, Nick, who who were your radio rock guys in the 90s then? Uh, so, all right. Gosh, in the 90s, I'm proud to say that when I was growing up, I always said my favorite band is Sugar Ray. So I always, and now I, I say that that was my first favorite band was Sugar Ray. How about that? And I never yeah. see, I've never seen them live. Did you ever go um, back to those Mean Machine days, dude? Yes. What is that? <laughs> Lemon lemonade and brownies. That's the name I of the think album? so. I think yes. so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I'm here too. Uh, one of our uh, <laughs> one, of, one of our very first episodes we covered. It was like a uh, 1459. Uh, 1459. I'm gonna go yeah. back and listen to that. That album is unstoppable. Oh, it was crazy. And then we paired it with uh, the Pro- Prodigy's Jilted Generation. Uh, okay. Yeah. My mom went to the store and she bought me, she was going to buy me floored. And she had to ask the lady at the store if it said a lot of bad words because it was parental advisory. And she wasn't sure if I could listen to it. And that was Sugar Ray. Well, uh, did you ever uh, dig on any electronica guys? Uh, it was Crystal Method. The Crystal Method. That's one of Jake's faves. All right, Elliot, when I, I met you at Jake's wedding. and we, Yes. Yep. The first conversation well, that we really had, we were talking about whether or not Crystal Method was on the Lost in Space soundtrack. Do you remember that conversation? <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's Apollo 440, but there might be a Crystal Method tune on um, I don't know. All right, we're, we're going to fact check this and get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> See, <Wait. laughs> this, one, of the, one of the things, you know, like when we were, my wife and I, we were doing our like table, table settings. I was like, I know uh-huh. that these two guys... You know, I have so much in common with both of them. I know they're going to they're going to be they're going to hit it off. And here we are now, eight months later. And we were at the Blink 182 table. Yes. And that that was very specific. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I remember like sitting down uh, next to Nick at the table at the Blink table. And Mm -hmm. I I was like, oh, we're over here. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Elliot. And you're like, oh, I'm Nick. And then it just, it just was revealed, like, oh, you were like, we both that said it's like, oh, you're the podcast guy. Like, yeah, because like, I had heard about you and all that. And, and I, had, you know, uh, want to check out your uh, Disney podcast. And yeah, how about that? I'm so glad we're, we're finally well, getting together. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So with Lost in Space. No. <laughs> oh, Busy busy Child is on it. Busy, busy Child. child. That's what it is. That's them, right? That's get Busy Child. Yeah. Get, get Busy Vegas. Child. It, it, it is indeed. Oh, I loved it. Matt LeBlanc um, was in that movie. Oh, was, yeah, wasn't he? Was the dream yeah, he was. Wasn't it William Hurt, too? Isn't he like the, the dad? Yeah, R.I.P. And uh, R. I. P. A, really lo- a really young Lacey Chabert was in that movie. Really? She was that little girl. The Hallmark Queen. You know, uh, I Propel- have- Propeller Heads is on there. Fabo Slim is on there. So it's just uh, the, it's the Sip and Mimos soundtrack movie it's like uh, i'll say this it's an abbreviated soundtrack there's like eight songs on it and the rest is the score from- so i think you guys need to do an episode on the lost in space soundtrack <laughs> i've never Me- actually seen lost in space gary oldman is in it he's a bad guy right 
Yeah, I think so. He plays like the space. He's 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 the titular space. That's how good he is. <laughs> I thought he was just always a bad guy uh, in the in the in the nineties. He's Commissioner Gordon, man. Uh, well, yeah, in the nineties. Uh, yeah, the professional. Holy shit, he's so good in the professional. Fifth Element. Yeah, with like the weird Western accent. Anyways, oh, uh, <laughs> Nick, have you seen anything cool recently? Uh, even even if it's not a Disney movie, we always ask each other what we've been watching. Let's see. Most recently, well, on Disney Plus, I'm watching Ahsoka. I'm a Star Wars guy. Okay, how's that working out? Hmm. All right, I never watched Rebels, so I'm really lost. I've heard it's really confusing <laughs> if you don't know like the deep lore. Yeah, but as you know, it's a good show. It's a good Star Wars show. There's lightsabers and stuff. It's awesome, but. <laughs> I don't have the I don't have all the backstory, so I feel have, left out. Have you gotten to Thrawn? I know he's like a like a super fan favorite, and I just finished the first two episodes, okay. and that's it. So no, he's not there yet. That's perfect yeah. casting, uh, Rosario Dawson. I, I I I missed Rebels and the Clone yeah. Wars as well, and but yeah, I, I know the character, and I think Rosario's amazing casting. Who knew that in order to watch Star Wars, you would have had to watch like Cartoon Network and Disney XD and all this homework. You know, yeah, we, I, we, we've talked I gave about up it before. On the, yeah, we've talked about it before, but it's kind of like remember like reading like comic books in like the '90s, and it was like it, you would get you would read a panel, and then up in the top it would be like a little text box, and it would say, you know, for reference, check out Sensational Spider-Man 363. You know, <laughs> oh, that's a great. Just do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of like what a lot of uh, our favorite shows are, are like now you have to go back and you know watch uh watch the tv show or yeah you gotta put footnotes on all the disney plus star yeah. wars and marvel stuff <laughs> yeah uh nick when did you like first get into like the, the disney thing because oh. and like and do you mind the term disney adult because i know all you're right. a fan i know you go to the parks <laughs> and i know you enjoy the the history and clearly and like in the in the music and the movies and all that uh, what are your thoughts and how did this start for you? So it started literally at infancy. I was wow. I, mean, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so just a few hours away from Walt Disney World. Some of my very first memories were at, at Disney World. Um, yeah. we, would, we were annual pass holders. My parents would take us to Disney two or three times a year. We would pile into uh, an RV and stay at the campground at Disney World, Fort Wilderness. So it's been just my entire life of just being a Disney fan. And as far as becoming, you know, a Disney adult, as they say, I, I don't mind that term. I think it defines me very well. I'm an adult and I love Disney. I take no offense to that term. All right. I, I like that. Take it a, back. I think it's kind of a, a term yeah. of endearment. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know there's, you know, there's some shade with that, but, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I love it. And as far as like me getting into it as an adult again, I think I really found it as an adult, like around college. I started listening to actually some other really good podcasts. Um, some that are defunct now, but uh, Wedway Radio was a podcast, a Disney history podcast that oh, just inspired yeah. me and they were incredible. Yep. Yeah. Started listening to like Lou Mangello's podcast, WDW Radio, and that kind of oh, yeah, started, yeah, really getting me into like that aspect of Disney, Disney adulting. And then I started just going on my own. And then I, I met my wife and we started going to Disney World together all the time. So shout out Nick's wife, she rules, yeah. Yes, lovely. I, I met her too. She was at uh, the Blink table. Yeah, the Blink table. You know, uh, but you know, uh, growing up, you know, we had the. We, I mentioned it earlier, but we had the, you know, the clamshell, you know, movies. Yeah. 
There you Classic. Go. When we moved, awesome. I said, "Mom, don't give those away. I want them." And now they're in my my studio at you know like prized possessions. Have you ever started turning yellow? That yellowish color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I don't know. Like I I, I kind of had the same experience. I, I as I got. As I got older, you know, I always had like an affinity for especially the 90s stuff. Um, but as we'll get into it more, some of the 80s stuff, too. And uh, I'm going back and like researching. It's all kind of intertwined. Did y'all hear some Studio Ghibli stuff like references in, in some of some of your research? Yes. I mean, Studio Ghibli was uh, distributed by Disney. They got the, distribu- the distribution rights in the United States. Right. And. I, I think that's what it was, but I know there a lot of them were really inspired by Elliot. You're, I know you're a fan of Miyazaki. Yeah, Miyazaki, sure. Like, yeah, he was a huge inspiration. I, don't know, I love going back and really diving into to the meat of of this of this stuff. It's really cool. Maybe we can talk about it, but they started acquiring a lot of uh, what what is now referred to as content and releasing it and all that. IP. IP. Yeah, yeah. intellectual in- property. Intellectual property. Thanks, Bob Iger, the acquisition guy. We'll yeah. start it with uh, Michael Eisner, but Bob Iger, that's right. legacy, man. How about you, Eli? What was your experience growing up with with the films of Disney? Um, yeah, we, we had the clamshells. They were ever-present in our home. We lived in Orlando. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, but, you know, we weren't, like... Uh, when I moved out of Florida as a kid, you know, I moved to Michigan and People ask like, "Oh, did you go like Disney like every day?" I'm like, well, n- "No, it's not like right there." It's just you know, uh, um, but yeah, it was a thing. And like, uh, but like, was Mary Poppins? Is that mm-hmm. Disney? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So some of it's a little blurry for me. Also, in recent years, they've acquired everything. So even Marvel is Disney, Fox is Disney. Now. But we're we're a we're a time machine podcast. So. Uh, yeah, watching those movies as a kid, I I sure loved Robin Hood, you know, with the foxes. But I, you know, that's like seventy eight or something. Seventy three. Seventy seven three. Ah, when like the the animation had like some scratches on it and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I recently like watched One Hundred and One Dalmatians. It looks fantastic. It looks like a Burt Bacharach cover. It looks so cool. <laughs> I love like the colors are amazing, you know. And then like. Then like they kind of stopped for a minute, right? Like after, I think after Sleeping Beauty, they stopped doing stuff, uh, like or uh, something like feature lengths. Yeah, when yeah, it, it was around World War Two, right? Is when a lot so of the me, artists went so to the army. Yeah, the the, uh, the studio started being used. They're uh, outsourcing the animators, I guess, to make propaganda films to support the war effort. And that was wow. really interesting. And you mentioned Sleeping Beauty. Let me just say, there's a really great documentary you should watch called "The Waking Sleeping Beauty," and oh, uh-huh. it's about it's about exactly what you're talking about the uh, animation um, side of Disney kind of slowing down, going under, and then what ended up happening with the Disney Renaissance, the '90s Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. So great, a- great documentary. Go watch it. I have to check that. I've been I've been in a real big documentary phase, um, so I'm go. I'm adding that to my letterbox. Look. Lick. <laughs> do, you, do you use Letterbox? No, what's Letterbox? It's essentially like a a movie and TV show categorizing app where you can kind of record pretty much every movie that you've ever watched. You can rate them and 
comment on them and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, That's awesome. You can, you, can, you can critique movies as you watch them, and then your friends can spy on your viewing habits. I like that. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. It's to pretty use fun. That. It's pretty yeah. cool. I, oh, you got to uh, make your Disney list. Oh, oh, I, okay. Oh, um, so big Disney fan from the from the jump. How many trips have you made to the parks, and do you like world or land more? Um, let's see, more trips than I can count. And I'm a big Disney World guy, just because that's you know that's my home. I I consider Magic Kingdom my home park. Um, but Disneyland is quaint and beautiful and amazing. And but I'm a, I'm a Disney World guy at heart. I love Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, all of it. Epcot, man, wow. Epcot's still yeah. around, still kicking. It is, man. Let's go drink around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I went to Epcot once as a kid and tried like wontons for the first time and it shattered my brain. Ah, that's a cool memory. Oh, it was great. They were flat. I don't know. Maybe they weren't <laughs> non wontons. Maybe I just was picking up cigarette butts. After <laughs> uh, know, I think I actually, I don't know if I've told the story on, on the show, but th- my first concert ever that I can remember actually took place in Disney World. At the House of Blues? No, it was uh, when it was still downtown Disney. There was a stage. I think it was right across the street, right across the way from the World of Disney store. And we went still there. The the stage, right? Stage is still there. And so we went and like my mom and sister stayed at the hotel and my dad and I went to downtown Disney. And there was a a cover band playing called All Stars or, or 80s All Stars. And the guy they played 80 songs and i just remember the guitar player was just like shredding the part that sticks out the most is the singer was like okay now our guitar player is going to do a hair solo and so the guitar player walks up to the front of the stage and like fluffs his hair and <laughs> he walks back and they're like all right give it up for our guitar player and that's like my 80s. first yeah my first like musical live music memory uh weirdly there was 80s all-stars at downtown disney at downtown disney <laughs> <laughs> interesting awesome. the amount of property they own in florida is staggering uh, still room they can still add more things well you kind of touched <laughs> on it earlier um but you know disney now owns marvel and i love it and fox because uh i don't know if y'all saw this but they're dropping a wolverine versus predator comic sometime oh. in the near future interesting two of my favorites i'm very <laughs> excited for it one can't be killed. What, what, what was that? I said, you must be excited for Wolverine and Deadpool. Very. I Oh, De- Deadpool 3 looks to be a fun time at the movies. I'm a sucker for like a crossover, I'm, which is, you know, what we're doing tonight with our show. Hey. Hey, look at that. Yeah. All right. Segway. But, okay. So uh, <laughs> normally Elliot and I uh, will give each other, excuse me, um, an album, 90s rock or electronica. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're putting, we're, we're putting that on to our guests tonight, and I can't imagine anyone uh, better suited to handle the task. Um, even though after like listening and looking at the amount of movies that came out in the 90s, it's kind of an, un- an unenviable one. So we asked Nick to pick three songs, three of his favorite songs from the 90s and two from the Disney decades. We're going to call those the eras, the, the eras songs. Legacy. Um, the legacy songs. Yeah, so Nick made us a playlist, and um, let's let's go ahead and dive in. What y'all think? Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we? I don't know. Here we go. 
How does Peter Pan say it? Here we go. (laughs) That was good, right? That was was perfect. We got the right guy. Let's do it. Ready? Here we we go. go. We were like harmonizing there. That sounded good. That's awesome. Second moon on the left and then until Waffle House. I don't know where where you're going, man. (laughs) What's the line? I forget. Line. Right. Second start of the right and straight on till morning. There Elliot, it is. Elliot got lost on the way. <laughs> but I found a Waffle House, so I'm fine. It's all good. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so, Nick, did you have any, um, any, any, any one song you wanted to start with? Uh, well, it, it, since you gave me three songs from the 90s, I figured I'd go in chronological order. Okay. Love that. Okay. And all right. So, like you said, 90s Disney songs, it's like, the peak, like the pinnacle of all Disney music. So yes, that was extremely hard. Thanks for that. This is um, the Renaissance. <laughs> this is the Renaissance now, right? This is the Alan Disney Menken Renaissance. Howard Ashman, the, the Menken era. You are absolutely correct. Except Boom. I I ended up kind of going in in a very personal direction for me. So not all of the songs I picked were Alan Menken songs. Okay, sure. Um, so I'm going to start off with one. 1995 is the year. Um, the Goof Troop have been has been off the air for about, you know, or maybe it's still on the air. I don't know. This movie took place three years after the Goof Troop. Movie is called a Goofy Movie, and the song I'm talking about is Eye to Eye, Eye to Eye, written by Patrick DeRemus or Reamer. I can't even read my own handwriting. One of Jake's them. got Jake's got it on picture disc over here. He's showing off. I love that. I love that. Brag, brag, brag. <laughs> so. All right, I picked this song because, number one, it's one of the most iconic 90s Disney songs ever. And number two, because I know that Jake is a Goofy Movie stan over here. I'm familiar as well. I've gathered. I love the Goofy Movie. Uh, Just off camera, I have a Powerline Pop uh, that's... My one of my prized possessions. I, I love it. I love it. Okay, go on. Go on. <laughs> Spectacular. So, all right. So I was uh, looking up this song because you know, obviously, it's just a fantastic, great song. But I, I wanted to learn more about it and be able to talk about it on this show. And so, it's performed by Tevin Campbell and Ro- uh, Rosie Gaines. And something interesting, you may know that Tevin Campbell was like a '90s pop star. Uh, he put out his own debut album called. T-E-V-I-N, Tevin, all caps. Um, and he had a song called uh, Tell Me What You Want Me To Do that peaked at number six on Billboard. This was all before Goofy Movie. But I feel like in my in my brain, at least, Goofy Movie is what made him, you know, who he is to me anyways. Because that song, Eye to Eye, as well as the other songs, Stand Out, are just spectacular songs. Did you know that Tevin Campbell worked with Quincy Jones? That was one of the first things he did when he got signed. Quincy Jones. Pretty cool. Well, well, the the Powerline character, the one that you know sings eye to eye, he's kind of like a like a Michael Jackson type figure for the movie, right? Right. Yeah, is he that is. Per- is that portrayed by Tevin in voice as well as singing? Uh, I don't think he has any speaking lines in the movie. I think he only sings. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, uh, the- full disclosure, I am not familiar with the the Goofy movie. Okay, so the plot of the movie. <laughs> The plot of the movie is, you know, Goof, uh, Goofy wants to bond with his teenage son, Max, and wants to take him out on a, uh, on a road trip to go fishing. But uh, Max finds out that his favorite artist, Powerline, is playing a concert somewhere else. And so 
comedy ensues as Goofy yeah. wants to go one way, Max wants to go the other way. Fantastic song. The other thing that's interesting, I thought you guys would like, is Rosie Gaines, the, who does backup vocals on, on this song. She was part of a band called the New Power Generation. Do you guys know what band that is? Oh, that's Prince. That's Prince's band. You got it. What the hell? Wow. He's just got Pr- Prince and MJ connections because Quincy Jones made goddamn Thriller, dude. Dude, yep. So, wow. Eye to Eye, obviously a fantastic song because they have all this talent on there. And uh, it's just one of, I think, the standout songs of the 90s. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. I this so um if you're not familiar with with goof movie this is a song uh the big climax where um max goofy's son and goofy join power line on stage um max has told max is like a he's a high school kid trying to fit in he tells his crush that he's going to the power line the big power line concert that's on pay-per-view <laughs> uh in in hollywood and that he's gonna join power line on stage because his dad knows power line um, spoiler, that's not true. <laughs> Goofy does not know Power Line. Um, oh. But it's great. Oh, man. Um, Kevin Campbell sings the heck out of this one, and it, it, it's one of my all-time It's why I own this picture disc. I need to get my <laughs> hands on that picture disc, man. So <laughs> this song, or this movie, actually, was nominated for Best Music, uh, not Grammys, not not anything like that. It was the Annie Awards, which is the International Animated Film Association Awards. Mm. Nominated, didn't win, probably should have. Mm. What was it up against? Do you know that? That I do not know. Mm. 95? What 1995. Yeah, what great movies were in 95? Balto? <laughs> Balto. I have a Balto connection for another song that you're going to like. <laughs> it all see. comes together. Uh, Pocahontas is also 95. Okay. That's a big yeah. Goofy movie's not going to go up against Pocahontas, though, right? You know, Nick, would you say Goofy movie is kind of like a cult movie as far as like Disney movies Abs- go? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we were talking about like theme parks earlier. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rock and Roller Coaster, the attraction at Hollywood Studios. Currently, it has a, a soundtrack, it's a, it's a roller coaster. And is the it whole, the Aerosmith one? Yeah, the whole soundtrack yeah. is Aerosmith. It's incredible. Okay. You know, they're gonna lose their their contract with Aerosmith pretty soon. So they've been talking, uh, tossing around ideas for what to replace it with. Now the uh, the rumor is that they they want to replace it with uh, Muppets Mayhem. Oh. But the fandom. I, I, I like the Muppets. The fandom has been crying out to make this a Powerline ride. So. Oh. If it's a cult, yes, it is absolutely a cult classic. Uh, we were at, we were at Disney World earlier this year, and you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, folks there said that they were losing the the license with Aerosmith, and we got to thinking like, what other like rock band could they be like? So I mean, that you know, Rock and Roller Coaster opened what like late nineties? Yeah, late nineties. So I mean, twenty years from like. 20 plus years from when Aerosmith dropped their first album, I was just kind of like, Green Day? You know, like, I mean, can you imagine like the Green Day coaster? Yeah, I can see that. So, but you know, Disney doesn't like to play outside of their own sandbox. That's why they keep putting things in their sandbox. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of the reason the Aerosmith thing is going away. Um, and that's why they're looking at Muppets, which I think could be cool. I think I'd, I, I mean, well, anything, Powerline. 
So I was talking about this with my wife, and we came up with like a cool backstory and everything. Imagine this takes place after Goofy movie, and Max has grown up, and now he's like, he works at a as like a PA or something for Powerline, right? And Powerline's making his big comeback tour, and that could be like the story for the ride. Make it relevant, make it new. And Goofy's drive, Goofy's driving everyone to the concert. I, that's good. I like that. That's fantastic, right? And have Tevin uh, Campbell make a new song. Uh, what what if it's like uh, the national ride, and it's just more like, oh, I enjoy tea, and I want to be quiet for a bit <laughs> if my books. It's a very mellow roller coaster, and it just like kind of spirals around slowly. <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> I, I would like that. No good. No. I do that. Kitty coaster. Hey, I, I thought we were just coming up with ideas. So. <laughs> I like it. So I like it too. There was an idea back, you know, a while ago. To there was an idea. There was an idea. Not the Avengers, but oh, <laughs> I've lost interest. Ten percent. But I got. They were gonna retheme Rock and Roller Coaster to a uh, Disney. Uh, di- what's that? Di- Radio Di- Disney. Radio Disney. Do you imagine like a Hannah Montana Jonas Brothers coaster? I know. I I personally love Jonas Brothers, and I'm about to see them in like a few weeks. So, I will be there too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Five albums, one night. Man. Sidebar. <laughs> well, Have like you the, seen what, that set list? It's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, it's like, of course, Dizzy McGinnon of the Aerosmith coaster. Like, what, what age group are they aiming for? You know, like. Right. That's. His that's kids don't love Sweet Emotion or whatever. Like, like so, what? I, I don't know. Like, lock Taylor Swift down and then you've got a bazillion dollar idea. You know, I don't, I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Taylor Swift a coaster? I don't know. The Fearless Coaster? Oh, man. That writes itself. <laughs> You're just bumping into ex-boyfriends like, oh, no! <laughs> so I, I guess the debate is, which is a better song, Eye to Eye or Stand Out? What do you think? Well, we, we tried to cover Stand Out one time. We did. We attempted that. Never had a show, but we I thought it. I thought it sounded good. Um, That's the sweetest thing. I think, I think they're very different. Um... You know, stand out, you have all the characters, you know, singing like, um, no more algebra tests till September, you know, like all, all the school. <laughs> is that kids. the same song? Stand out. Yeah. Is it? I feel like that's the song before stand out in the movie where like, you know, school's out and everyone's no more Maxi the geek. But then they, school's out, but then they have to go to like, uh, an assembly. It's where Max is like pretending to be Powerline, trying to impress yes. that girl. She uh, swoons. And he goes, Stay safe, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. It's this nerd trying to look cool. I think Eye to Eye is the superior song. That's tough. I think Eye to Eye is great. I saw, um, did, you, did y'all see the, the guy, the actor from Holes? Um, I wish I was just looking him up. Um, Shia, Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> uh, zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, How's Shia doing? Uh-huh. Cleo Thomas, uh, the the actor that played Zero, he won like and I could he won like a Mortal Kombat tournament while dressed up as Powerline. I did see that on Instagram. Yes. Oh, I think I saw something about that I too. I don't even I didn't even get the reference, but I'm like, Jake would love this shit. <laughs> so it's just you know it's just I mean, this movie's like what 28 years old now, you know, and it's still popping D- up. Do we do we love Goofy as a character? What is he, what is he what is the archetype of the Goofy character? The single dad making it work 
and fumbling everything, but still being awesome. Oh, I'd say that's right. Okay, I should probably watch the Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've always really loved the Goofy movie. So when you when you brought this one um, to to talk about, I was really really excited. It's funny, like as a kid, I always I was a big Mickey guy. Um, I think you know I st- still am, but as, as I've grown up, I really have come to really love Goofy. He he was in one of my favorite shorts is uh the art of skiing i believe it's oh, called yeah. all those like how to yes. shorts yeah. they're these like these like hilarious videos and it's like he gets up and puts on his ski pants and it's like goofy trying to ski uh i love it. I actually i have a a button up like bowling shirt with goofy on it from artist skiing and i'm waiting for the right time to drop it but yeah <laughs> so okay so but that, what, that, that that sounds like that sounds like a Looney Tunes uh, bit. That sounds like a Warner Brothers thing. Was there Nick? Was there an era where they were trying to kind of like we well, need some Fall Boys? We need some like and we can you know. But but I uh, yeah like, they uh they had Mickey Mouse and you know they Mickey Mouse was kind of the straight man. They needed someone right. who could you know you know take a fall and you know laugh at and you know not, have it not be Mickey because Mickey ended up being the face of the company. So he's, common, and he's like infallible. It's like watching Mickey Mouse fall down wouldn't be that funny somehow because that's not the way the character is like portrayed. Yeah, which is kind of weird that you say that because then they just released these series of shorts relatively recently of Mickey Mouse shorts where Mickey is the zany one and he does all mm. this crazy stuff. And actually huh. the, vo- the voice actor who plays Mickey, Brett Iwin, um, he he told Disney... Like part of my job as being Mickey is defending the integrity of the character. And I don't feel like this is a good move for Mickey. So they said, okay. And they got someone else to be Mickey uh, for those shorts. Sure. And they oh, did it. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mickey's been in trouble with like dancing brooms and stuff before, but like, doesn't he always kind of figure it out? Like he's just like, right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Stuff, is that though. that are those the ones with that new animation style that yeah very like ren and stimpy ish yeah oh that's really that's a good comparison yeah yeah oh. like the runaway huh. r- runaway railroad the runaway railway runaway railroad i can't say it yep <laughs> chris My- diamantopoulos is the voice of mickey in those he was in the three stooges remake one of mm. the stooges my, my kid really likes mickey mouse clubhouse uh, that's brett i win they kept the other guy okay. around to do like the kid friendly stuff. Is that and and they that got Chris... pretty? Okay, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So for that one, for the aged up kids, we can have Mickey Mouse fall down or whatever, right. or shit his pants. All right, great, <laughs> cool. Oh my um, gosh, you know who Chris Diamantopoulos is from? He is the camera guy that falls in love with Pam in the office. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy. That's the guy from uh, Silicon Valley with the three apostrophes or commas. Yes. Three yes. Commas. Yeah. Because I'm like, uh, I have three billion dollars or whatever the hell it is. Oh, uh, that's a good actor, but I don't see him playing Mickey. That's kind of odd. Yeah, he's Mickey. Look up on YouTube some videos of him doing the voice. It's crazy. What's it sound like? Is it weird? I mean, it sounds like Mickey, but like a really like anxious Mickey. Like okay. Like kind of like, <laughs> like neurotic kind of like yeah yeah. When was Fantasia, Nick? 
Like, is that like 70? No. That's way earlier than that. Let's go back. Hold on. Way earlier than 79? I'm going to say 45. It's not 45. 1940. Oh, no, it is not 1940. 1940 Fantasia. Fantasia well, then they, is 1940? They re-released and they re-released it called Fantasia 2000. Maybe that's what you're thinking. That was like the re-edited. Yeah. Fantasia Whoa. original. 1940. Holy shit, the talent. But I don't think Mickey spoke in that one, did he? He's he's only in one know. sequence. He's I in think, the yeah, the uh the sorcerer's the apprentice sequence. Yeah, yeah sorcerer's apprentice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by sorcerer's uh, apprentice, I don't mean the Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> all right so continuing on with the with the disney renaissance you've got you know firing on cylinders kicked off with little mermaid and it's just like a best of but you've got your aladdin you've got beauty and the beast nominated for best picture first and only time that was a big uh, old deal that like really that, i think they like reworks their whole plan oh yeah and then you you're lion king but and then so in 1997 another movie comes out it's another personal favorite. I just watched this like a couple weeks ago, and Nick hadn't even told us the song that he picked. But I'm very excited. Oh. Nick, take us '97. What was what was your next movie? Next 1997. Song. Alan Menken wrote. You know, uh, he's been writing Disney movies for you know this whole decade basically, and he comes out with Hercules, and the banger that is "Go the Distance," performed by Roger Bart. And um, Alan Menken wrote the lyrics, music written by David Zippel, who also wrote the uh, music for Mulan. So, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know um, if you guys know a lot about Roger Bark, uh, Roger Bart, the voice of Her- Hercules, but he's gone on to do some fantastic things since Hercules. We'll talk more about Hercules in a minute. But let me just say there's a connection to one of my favorite or my number one favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future. He oh. plays Emmett. Uh, Emmett Brown in the Broadway production of Back to the Future. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And then uh, they were going to re- uh, they were going to make a Hercules musical in 2019 and he ended up being cast as Hades. And that musical performed a little bit but never really got picked up. But I heard about this. There was like a little like yeah, inside like over Switzerland switched the roles with these guys. Yeah. So that would have been cool. I would have I would have watched that. But right, I'm so gonna send you back to the future. How do you sing in that voice if you're doing Doc Brown? You can go, you've got to. That's terrible. <laughs> that was not bad. Thank you. Oh, Tell me ZZ Top shows up. <laughs> I, I would love that. Right? Spin, spin their guitar from Western Wear. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the song, yeah, the song I picked is, uh, is Go the Distance. And this was a personal favorite of mine since since forever i grew up loving this song so the song is you know the uh the i want song of hercules so hercules is you know trying to find out where he belongs that's a line in the song and i grew up as a really really shy kid and so this song resonated with me this idea of like you know i'm gonna find a place where i belong you know where where people you know want to be around me and i'm comfortable with that and that's kind of the theme of this song and it's it's the turning point of the whole movie. That's the point where, you know, he, he meets Zeus and gets sent on his quest to go and become Hercules. And it's just a beautiful, amazing, amazing song. It is really impressive how like all these songs like kind of like uh, fit the narrative in a special way. Cause like a lot of these uh, movies 
start with the men working song, like hi ho, hi ho, yep, or like even to Frozen, like we we are guys that gather ice, and then like uh, I don't know, I don't think I did that one right, but uh, <laughs> but like like th- that's like that's like a trope in all these movies, and then there's like you know a secluded person, like I wish I was out there, or I wish I was doing this, and then there's like the love song and then like maybe like the i did it song am i missing something nick uh no i think you pretty much nailed like that's how they uh um when alan menken came along to uh kind of write these music this music for uh for disney he would come off of writing little shop of horrors right 82 yeah Yeah, exactly and so him and howard ashman his, his writing partner they had this idea that the the disney movie should be written like a musical so the songs are going to push the narrative along. And so, you know, Howard Ashman, Alan Menken, you know, the dream team, they, uh, they, they wrote Little Mermaid and yeah. it was a huge hit. And then every, you know, subsequent movie after that was following that pattern of having, you know, the intro song, like you said, and the, uh, the I want song, the villain song. And yeah, the villain song. Yeah, that, that's what I missed. Yeah. Would, would it be a leap to say that much of the because so much of the disney renaissance is i mean aside from like this like gorgeous new animation style where they started incorporating like you know computer effects and everything but so much of it so much of what people remember i feel is the music do you think how uh Mencken is is the guy you think he's the one that oh absolutely that yeah i mean back in the day like before when, when walt was still around walt's uh writing team was the sherman brothers Right, Richard and Robert Sherman, and they yeah, yeah, yeah. songs, yeah. And so once uh, once he started moving on to like these these newer things, and um, Robert Sherman passed away, and you know Richard Sherman, um, he's still around, but you know he's really old. And so they they got <laughs> not to put that they got Jason you know, Schwartzman and right or Saving Mr. Banks, Saving Mr. Banks. So they always had this like writing team that would kind of really. Uh, pull these these movies along um you mentioned mary poppins earlier um you know the sherman brothers wrote mary poppins and yeah. uh they wrote all these disney park songs small world um great big beautiful tomorrow from carousel of progress wow. so yeah they were the guys well once disney ended up getting alan Menken and howard ashman they were the guys wow. um howard ashman died uh, not too long later uh, after working on beauty and the beast he died before beauty and the beast premiered um oh no yeah, he never got to see Beauty and the Beast. Um, but Alan Menken kept going, and he had different writing people that would uh, write with him. But it was never it was never that, like, lightning in a bottle that was him and Howard Ashman. Wow. And, and Menken was, like, he was, like, infusing Broadway stuff into this, right? Yeah, exactly. That was their whole idea. That was their, uh, their whole – the way that they started the Disney Renaissance was let's make these animated features Broadway musicals for kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was 1997. Hercules was 1997. So um, after Howard Ashman, so it was Alan Menken and David Zippel. This whole film had some great, great songs in it. They had those the muses singing. Oh, yeah. They originally wanted to get Destiny's Child to do that part. I Whoa. guess it too expensive heard, or too busy. I heard it was. I heard it was Spice Girls. It was oh. one of those. I don't. I don't know. It was one Man. of those. Guys. Different movie uh, for are, sure. Are there three or five of them? I think there's. Five of them. Wait, Spice how many Spice Girls? Girls are, all right. How many Destiny's children are there? <laughs> I think at 1.4. Four. We don't talk about that fourth one. 
We don't talk about that fourth one. See, now I'm... <laughs> wow. That would have been a different movie, because it would have just been like, that's what you would have, you know, remember, like, hearing the Spice Girls or Destiny's Child, you know. It would have been cool, but uh, I think it... I don't know. I, I, I love the muses. Uh, whoever ended up singing, they were wonderful. Yeah, they were great. So this song, uh, Go the Distance, was nominated for an Academy Award and a Golden, uh, Golden Globe for Best Original Song. And it lost out to a song. I actually do know which one it lost out to this time. One of the biggest songs of ever, but 1997, Celine oh, Dion. Was it, was it Titanic? It was Titanic. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't beat that song. Yeah. We we talked about, um, are you familiar with Elliot Smith, Nick? Elliot he Smith. Did the mu- the, he did the music for like Good Will Hunting. Uh, he was like a like a legendary uh, indie, indie rock, kind of like acoustic artist. He okay. was up that year, also. Uh, for, uh, We've talked about '97. We've talked about '97 a lot because yeah. it was a huge boom for electronica music, and like so, it's a that's a busy year. Yeah. Wow. It was. Um, this song was covered. Do you guys know who covered um, "Go the Distance"? Is it Michael Bolton? It was Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bolton was. Uh, personally chosen by Alan Menken. That was his choice to do the cover of that song. Okay. And of course, then there was a Spanish cover of the song. Do you know who covered that? Who did the Spanish cover? Ricky Martin. It was Ricky Martin. <laughs> Jake. He's on that. a thousand. It's his show. He should know this stuff. Oh, <laughs> it's your, your guys' show. So 1997. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. What is this? <laughs> All right. Elliot, did you know that it was Michael Bolton and uh, No, I didn't Ricky know Martin? that. No, I haven't seen. But you're Hercules. you're a noted Michael Bolton head, like you know. I, I am a bold head, yeah. And not office, not <laughs> the character from you're Office Space. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a fan of that guy. No, not the singer songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can just call me Mike. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's 1997 in a nutshell for you, man. Michael Bolton, uh, Ricky Martin, Alan Mayer. Yeah, for sure. So, Hercules, you know, one of the things I found really interesting is, you know, so a lot of those, like, um, you know, 89 to, shoot, maybe even 96, they're, like, full-blown, like, voice actors, I feel. I could be wrong. But Hercules, you got some star power in there. You know, you have... You know, you have Rip Torn playing, voicing Zeus, you know, James Wood as Hades, and uh, one of my faves, Danny DeVito as um, Phil. Trainer. Phil Optides. Phil, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Is this one of the first times that Disney uh, put, like, uh, famous actors in, in in their movies to voice? Um, like, as, like, voice actors or, like, to sing songs? Because we had, like, Oliver and Company where we had uh, Billy Joel. That's right. Bette Midler, right, was another one. Well, Robin that, Williams. And I would say, right? that's before I was that. about to say, that was before. Oh, yes. that's true. Oh, it, James Earl Jones, too. You know what? And Matthew Broderick and... That's what's, right. What's his, Nathan what's Lane. Jim... Um, yeah, uh, so... Jim Roth. Well, how about that as a question? Like, when did they start doing, like, celeb voice actors? That's an awesome question. Because Latin's 92, oh, right? Oh. Yeah. It had uh, Robin Williams, I saw the guy from... Uh, that sitcom. Oh my goodness. Uh Aladdin, the voice of Aladdin was a guy from that sitcom. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh you know. Uh, yeah, Full House. 
Full House. Thank you. I don't remember he's his like, name. He's like he's like the boyfriend in Full House what? or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 DJ and like, I remember that. In the Disney World episode, like, what he is like Aladdin, like a parade or something. Mm. Remember that? That's crazy. I never knew that. Yeah, man. You recognize the guy? Yes. The Full more house. you know. Yeah. Oh, and Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> was Yago in that one. Oh, yeah. A lot of celebrities. That's the 90s. That's 90s Disney, man. That's something. I guess it it was just maybe the 90s as a whole. They started sprinkling them in there. Because now I feel you have like, you know, Justin Timberlake voicing trolls. You know, Uh, it's just (laughs) it's nothing but, you know, big Hollywood actors. Trolls is a Disney, though, right? It's like some DreamWorks bullshit, right? Yeah, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yeah, not Disney. Disney. Some DreamWorks bullshit. (laughs) Episode title. You guys curse on this show? Are we allowed to curse on this show? Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, J- J- Jake politely does not, but I I do. Is that all right? I don't care. I don't know if uh, Mickey will will care. Well, it is it is Jake's <laughs> show apparently, so we'll no. have to ask Jake. Jake featuring Elliot guest oh, star. No. Yeah. <laughs> My they guess again never... is Elliot. No. <laughs> <laughs> The reoccurring guest. <laughs> Ruida. That's Nick. your episode title. Jake plus two guests. Yeah. yeah. The Jake I'm Show. I'm I I'm not I'm not for that. I'm none of this. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> and you said you went to to Disney World recently, uh Jake. And uh, if you watch the fireworks show. The, uh, this song is one of the songs that plays in the uh, in the medley during the show. It's fantastic. What is the show called? Like excursions or the uh, fireworks show? Yeah, happily happily ever after. Happily ever after <laughs> excursions. <laughs> <laughs> What's I was not even it's close. A, it's, it's a, tra- it's a travel agent it? uh, pitch <laughs> on the castle. <laughs> it's like we've unlocked the doors. You can leave now. I'm like oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> fireworks as you leave what is the what was it before happily ever after uh it was uh wishes wishes before happily ever after it was wishes okay i knew i knew there was a one word (laughs) excursions that's the that's the new epcot show it ties into going around the world (laughs) disney if you're listening proceeds go to sipping sipping memos podcast (laughs) all right all right okay so after 97, after, you know, game-changing Electronica albums and, you know, um, Oscar-nominated <laughs> Disney songs are being dropped, um, that next year, 98, not on our list, but another one came out, uh, you got Bugs Life, one of my personal favorites, also played that in the schoolyard. And then 99, something happens. It's the last year of the decade, and Disney decides to go, to go back in a lot of ways and remake a classic nick what's your third song on this playlist 1999 phil collins did the soundtrack for tarzan and the world was not the same since then it's one of the one of the best disney soundtracks ever and you know we were saying talking a lot about alan Menken and all this stuff and he he really made the disney renaissance was it what it was but the way to end the renaissance in 99 with phil collins incredible it was absolutely incredible. Several songs in this movie. Um, the song I picked is You'll Be In My Heart. 
which is uh, referred to as the lullaby of the movie. Oh. And uh, yeah, it happens kind of early on in the movie where Tarzan is found by uh, by the apes, and the, the mother ape sings this song to, to Tarzan. But the version that I picked as my favorite song, and probably my favorite song of the 90s uh, Disney anyways, is is the one by Bill Collins. Because there's, uh, there's the movie version, and then uh, I think Glenn Close is the voice in the movie, and she sings it part of it too. And so then there's the version, you know, from the soundtrack, from the credits, one that everyone knows. It became a radio single, and it was, uh, it won Best uh, uh, best Original Song of the Academy Award. Like, it's just a banger of a song. And it, it actually beat out that year, When She Loved Me, from Toy Story 2. Oh. Terry McLaughlin. Yeah. But anyway, so this, uh, this soundtrack was a big comeback for Phil Collins. Um, I was doing some research, and I, I found something that I didn't, I didn't know. He actually left Genesis in 1996, and part of that reason was so that he could work on Tarzan. Huh. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was Gabriel. Peter Gabriel was a dickhead or whatever. Oh, well, I'm sure that's part of it too. Maybe he just tells people <laughs> it was Tarzan. He's <laughs> like, so, like, I got Peter Gabriel on one hand, I got Tarzan on the other. I'm like, what should I tell the public? <laughs> Who's got the better abs? I'm going Tarzan. When, when Disney was trying to find, you know, who would write the music for this, you know, animated adaptation of Tarzan, they looked to Phil because of his drumming experience. They were thinking big, uh, big jungle beats. Of movie. course, of course they would. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. So they got, they got Phil Collins, and then they were thinking, well, we don't want Tarzan to sing, right? We think, you know, having a shirtless guy swinging around and then singing while swinging is just kind of weird. So they got Phil Collins to kind of do like a narrator kind of role. And that's what's different about this. We were talking earlier about how the other Disney movies, um, the songs were sung by the characters and it was moving the story along. This is kind of the inner thoughts of the characters being sung by Phil Collins. And if, if my inner thoughts can be sung by anybody, I would pick Phil Collins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, diegetic, they call it. There when, you when, go. Yeah, when, when the songs are telling the story, but the characters can't hear it necessarily. Yeah, they uh, they got the idea to to do this specifically for this movie um, because of how successful Toy Story was with Randy Newman and the way sure. that those songs worked in that movie. Diegetic, right? Exactly. That's that's the word of the day. I like that. Interesting. So uh, so they did uh they did it that way for this movie and it it obviously worked. And so Phil wrote uh, "You'll Be in My Heart." He actually wrote it for his daughter Lily, um, Lily Collins. You may know from that show on Netflix, Emily in Paris. Oh, Emily in Paris. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote this song as a lullaby for his daughter. And, of course, it um, became one of the biggest songs in the movie. Other songs in the movie, you have, like, Strangers Like Me and uh, Son of Man. All fantastic songs. Y'all y'all kind of opened, opened my, you know, my eyes to that, especially for Tarzan. Because, like, you know, there's parts where they'll be talking and then the next movie the next part you know they're like walking through the forest and then phil collins is singing it's like uh he, he's like letting you know what's going on what the characters are thinking that's really cool and then i didn't even i didn't even pick up i've seen toy story 30 times um but randy newman's doing the exact same thing my mind is shattered this yeah. is yeah i love it <laughs> once there were some toys and they were friends and now they're not they better figure it out by the end of the movie 
right. That's that was it. good. That was good. That was really good. I don't think that was. <laughs> I think that was Tom Waits. I don't know. <laughs> I watched Tarzan in preparation for this one, and man, that movie's sad. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about Up. You know, being like devastating oh my god it absolutely is but man i forgot how sad tarzan opens well every disney movie has to have like a you know impactful it's the hero's journey you know you, you gotta have something uh traumatic to happen to set your character off on that journey right so a lot of parents die yeah it's batman bambi yeah. is batman <laughs> you know like yeah, suppo- it's, a, it's yeah. the same thing you know supposedly it's, Thumper is Robin. It's right there in front of you. Just put it together, guys. I want to see that. I can't, I can't do this all for you, listeners. <laughs> Supposedly, you know, and this is strictly, you know, hearsay. One of the reasons that so many like parents die in Disney movies is because Walt felt guilty because his uh, his parents died in a house that he bought for them. And it was because there was some sort of gas leak and he felt guilty that you know, you know, he bought the house for them, something like that. That's what people wow. say. Oh, geez. I just brought this down real, real bad. <laughs> oh, you changed we're, the mood, man. <laughs> we're having the real conversations tonight. Well, I, I could bring it back huh? up earlier. Oh, I, no, well, let's, stick, let's, let's sit in this for a minute. Huh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. All right. <laughs> so earlier, I don't, I don't know if this will get cut or not, but earlier I, we mentioned Balto. <laughs> And I promised oh, yeah. a Balto connection coming up. Here's my Balto connection. Phil Collins, his first voiceover role, he played Luck and Muck in Balto in 1995. There we go. Balto. And uh, Phil Collins is kind of like has an, an adjacent uh, connection to a, another song we're going to talk about in a second, which I'm really, really excited for. Um, really? I, I think I'm going to blow some minds tonight. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I always really like Tarzan. Um, it's like um, it's amazing. It's amazing looking. I mean, you can't beat that soundtrack. I mean, you, you can you can't really beat anything Phil Collins does. Uh, it's, it's just stunning, really spectacular. We were talking about all these covers from like other artists doing other like Disney covers. This one didn't need that. We had Phil Collins the whole time. Didn't yeah. need a cover. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, except there was yeah. one song in the movie, Trashing the Camp. Which there was a cover on the soundtrack because the whole song is very like "Shooby Dooby Doo Bop," right? Uh, scat, oh. scat. And do you know who did the cover? Do you remember this? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I'm gonna say Lou Bega. Not, not Lou Bega. <laughs> oh. Okay, it's not Lou Bega. Well, I, I want to verify this. One, part. two, three. Tarzan. He's really gonna <laughs> swing out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Off All right. the dome, guys. It's pretty good. All right. Think, think 1999. Think 1999. Who would Phil Collins team up with to do like an all vocal version of Trash in the Camp? Tom York. In sync. In sync. It was in yeah. sync. That's what it was. You say Tom York from Radiohead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just took it. <laughs> the guys. I would love. I would love to be on this Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> I think it'll be lovely. <laughs> it's my favorite vocalist. I'm not trying to make fun of him. One of my favorite I, things about being on this show is the impressions <laughs> and all the visual, all the visual bits. Yeah, 
<laughs> Elliot keeps Elliot keeps it going with the impressions. All my impressions always end up sounding like the same British guy. Even even my Tony Soprano. You know, I still I still end up sounding like it's it's all Paul McCartney. Yeah, it's all Paul McCartney. All <laughs> a bit of Liverpoolian accent. Oh, I'm Tony Soprano. I was in the Beatles. Oh, even even your Paul McCartney is Tony Soprano is better than mine. I oh. live in New, I live in New Jersey. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, the, the memory I have of Tarzan is, uh, this is one of the first times I remember, because uh, 1999, um, the Disney Channel was fire. It was just like, the, it was, the content was unreal, and they they were running, um, like, what would be, what would normally be like DVD extras on the Disney Channel, it felt like, you know, and there was a lot of, a uh, lot of stuff on Tarzan, and I think that's where I remember seeing that insane thing i think you're talking about that show movie surfers movie surfers movie surfers on disney channel it was like in between shows like a commercial like length show and they would dive into movies that's where i learned that they uh they modeled tarzan going down the trees after tony hawk he just slides down him he doesn't really like rappel down he slides yeah he slid down got a lot of splinters i'm sure Dude, you just yeah. opened up like a crazy memory. I forgot about movie surfers. Movie surfers, man. I think I don't. I, want, I don't know what movie surfers is. I'm a little bit older than you guys, but uh, also, uh, what? So, <laughs> what is it? So, Elliot, go on, go on YouTube and look up movie surfers Tarzan. And it was just a little short show. It was like DVD extras, like Jake said. And they would just talk okay. about like movies, behind the scenes stuff. It was very cool. Wow. Am I am who I am because of pop-up video and movie surfers? That's this is I, I didn't think, think it was going to be such an existential episode tonight. But... But, uh one more thing. Phil Collins would go on to do the music for another movie though, right? Right, Nick? Another a Disney movie? Yeah. I'm not sure about this. Did he do the movie, the music for Brother Bear? Dude, you're right. Yes, he did do Brother Bear. Whoa, Nick, you caught. I got well, caught. I got I've caught. never Let's... actually seen Brother Bear. My wife told me that, and I said, "What? No yeah. way!" There's that song. Oh my gosh, where they're like, they're a traveling. It's a traveling song. Oh gosh, that's a great song. I forgot about that. Wow. I got to go back and watch Brother Bear. Said I've no never. I've heard it. I've heard it's devastating. Uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 part of the downhill after Disney Renaissance. Oh, it wasn't one yeah, of the so, good ones. So after after ninety nine, you know, amazing year Tarzan came out. Euro Pop by Eiffel sixty five also dropped that year. I'm blue. That was our last episode. We <laughs> just, just so we're all clear on where we are in the timeline. Yeah, yeah cultural touchstones. Euro Pop Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> So what yep. happens? What happens after this? I know Eisner leaves the company at some point. Yeah. So uh, the the movies don't really start picking up again. I mean, that's I guess it's debatable when they really start picking up. You have movies like uh, like Treasure Planet and uh, yeah, yeah um, Atlantis, Atlantis well, with Michael right? J. Fox. Yeah. Back well, they've been like uh, they've been like reacquired by I think I think a cult audience, right? Yeah, those, those movies ones? definitely have. Like they didn't perform too well, but like people like those movies a lot. They stopped using music in the same way for a while. Uh huh. Yeah. So they moved away from the musical thing, right? And so then you had you know s- some great movies here and there, but I mean 
I could be wrong, but I feel like the Disney movie musical didn't really come back until like Princess and the Frog, Rapunzel, like these movies where oh, we had the return of Alan Menken. Oh, which Alan one did Menken you do? Strikes, Alan Menken Strikes Back. He did uh, Tangled. Really? When when was Tangled? I'm going to take a shot. 2012. 2010. You were close. Oh! Well, in, in 2000, we had Emperor's New Groove. I, I really enjoyed that one a great deal. That was a great movie. Not really a musical. And that was, an, not, not at all. That's yeah. another blind spot the for problem. me. So they, this, they, they're like, what if we just did full-on comedies? Oh, you should. Oh, Jake, you should check out Emperor's New Groove, man. I've it's so funny. It. Dude, David it's Spade. so good. It's David really Spade, good. Yeah. David Spade. Yeah. Spectacular. John Goodman. It's insane. It's insanely good. The full-blown Frozen assault. Oh, you know? Phenomenon. Can we use Phenomenon. Yeah. Yes. Phenomenon. Oh, okay. So, Nick, how do you feel about, like, the modern era of, like, I guess, like, the aughts and the tens of what Disney is now? Uh, the ri- original IP, like, Frozen and, like, and the Pixar stuff, which I think is kind of, like, if you ask me, it's, it's kind of dropped down a yeah. bit. Right. I don't know what's going on over there. And then there's the remakes of everything. So how do you feel about all this? Right. Okay. So, you know, the animated side of it, you know, we had like Tangled, Mandy Moore and Tangled, Zachary Levi. Mandy like, Moore? Yeah. Bringing back some some 90s stuff there. I love Zachary Levi also. Shazam. He lives in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Austin, right? I met him at a Comic-Con in Austin. He's a nice guy. I, I feel he'd be cool. Very tall. Yeah, he's huge. How tall is he? He's really way taller than me. I mean, I'm short, but he's tall. Oh. He's a big guy. Wow. He's wow. a superhero. He's Shazam. He's Shazam. <laughs> um, but so as far as like those animated features, Princess and the Frog and those movies, they went back to basics. They put more um, music back in it. And I think that's awesome. But, I, you know, the question of the live action remakes, I think they're hit and miss. And a lot of them don't seem necessary. Like going back to 90s, 90s stuff, Lion King remake wasn't needed. Like we've already got one, don't we? We got one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beauty and the Beast remake. You know, Emma Watson can't sing. Sorry. Oops. Uh oh. (laughs) She sounds like T Pain. We'll we'll cut that. She's she's our guest (laughs) next week to talk about (laughs) to talk about Spice Girls. You have two guests again uh, next week, Jake. (laughs) Yeah, we're having Emma. Oh, I'm not going to hear the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, Jake's a busy guy. That, that was that was very good. Technically six guests if you count me and the Spice Girls. There we go. So, it you know where were we? We're, we're definitely you know. I've lost track. I've lost track. Talking about all right, live action Disney remakes. Oh, oh yeah, your thoughts on these? Yeah, we already got it. Why do we need it again? And they're all they're all perfect films, you know. I mean, Untouchables. Oh yeah, I mean, Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Like they're all perfect. Did you watch The Little Mermaid? The new one? No, I haven't. I'm waiting for it to new one. be on streaming because we missed it in theaters. Oh, it's it was... it's 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 on Disney. If you if you get that one, <laughs> is it already? Uh, I like to say Disney because the little plus looks like a T. Ah, uh, Disney. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All I do is watch Disney with the kid, Disney with the kid, and uh, uh, and she's really curious about the Little Mermaid one. Uh, but it looks scary as shit, and she's two. So, and then like, like let's watch the OG one. So I pop on the '89 Little Mermaid. I'm like, this is scary as shit. 
too, man. Like this movie's kind of wild. My brother took uh took my niece. She's a uh, three. That was her first movie, Little Mermaid in theaters, uh, oh, yeah. the, the remake. And they had oh, the had remake. Her, yeah, the remake had to take her out uh, during the Ursula scenes. It was too scary. Really. Mm-hmm. I would have included a song from Little Mermaid in this, but that movie came out in 1989. Didn't 89. Ellie and I learned that at the same time while texting yeah. each other. Yeah, uh, we we can we can you know this is Lucy Goosey man because like now should we get to our honorable mentions? Of, yeah, that, uh, that's, Disney a, that's tunes? actually a perfect segue. So you know we're it's no uh, it's no secret here at Sip and Mimo Studios that we love the 90s. You know, um, but we do. This is a studio that's been around for. Almost 100 years, Nick? Uh, 100th anniversary right now, man. Disney 100 is going on right now. A cool wow. 100. Um, was that Oswald or um, Steamboat dropped in 1923? Uh, Disney Disney 100, since uh, the company was founded when, when Walt Disney came and actually started making the Alice cartoons in 1923. Wow. So, this is the guy. This is, this is why we have you on wow. first as our first guest <laughs> um so we I have appreciate you nick absolutely you. uh so we have a hundred years of of song um to discuss and we even though we could we can do a couple episodes on the 90s um we wanted to talk about uh some 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 decades uh so nick picked two of his of his faves looks like we got one from the 50s and one from the 70s nick i'll absolutely. let you pick well, let's start with 1973 Robin Hood. We already mentioned that earlier. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Crazy. Incredible film. Um, music written by Roger Miller. You know, obviously yeah. famous for not just being in Robin Hood, but just on his own for his own stuff. Uh, in the film, Roger Miller plays Alan Adele, which is one of the merry men and the minstrel of the group. So he kind of acts as, you know, like Phil Collins did in Tarzan. He kind of leads the audience along with the story. Uh, is, is the, uh, the, the, the rooster. The rooster, yeah. Yeah. Karka, beautiful. how did you? Yeah. Unbelievable. There's like, there's like scratches on it. Uh, there's like, you can see like pen ink spotting on the pages. It's beautiful. There's a lot they of watch. interesting things with the making of that movie. And part of the reason it looks like that is they were like, literally xeroxing they were copying cells yeah. and, and certain things so there's some like if you go on youtube and look up like disney reused animation you can see like side by sides of different movies but use the exact same animation it's crazy yeah yeah and so uh this movie was originally conceived by walt he wanted to make a movie about Reynard the fox which is an, another old like old uh, old character in literature where he's a uh, He's an anthropomorphic fox, and he uh, makes mischief. Uh, but it was an, another animator named Ken Anderson who decided, well, why don't we combine that with the story of Robin Hood and make Robin Hood an anthropomorphic, uh, mischievous fox? And so Robin Hood was born. One thing I love about this movie is the fact that it's set in England. The movie is like <laughs> or the, 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 song, the soundtrack is folk music. Yeah. But somehow it works. Yeah. yeah i think it's because the music is that good man like it it like it sets this like relaxing tone from the beginning with whistle stop and the whole movie you're just you're relaxed you're just into it and it doesn't matter that it takes place in england and you're hearing roger miller like it just works i, think- I really wanted i really wanted to hear a johnny cash cover of like the whole thing oh that would have been amazing 
Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest. Like, are you out of your mind? That'd be amazing. The opening with Udalali. Um, yeah. With with all the characters, oh, that's one of my favorite things ever. I, I just love it. The the lyrics, you really kind of they drop you right into the action. Robin Hood, Little John running through the forest, right? That's right. And it just it sets it off right away. Aren't we all? Aren't we all just running through the forest? The forest of life. Yeah. Um, other uh, notable things about this whistle stop in the uh, in the advent of the internet became hamster dance. You guys remember this? <laughs> I remember hamster dance. <laughs> that oh, one. Wow. Hang on. Yeah. Good what? stuff. What? Yeah. What is happening? That is that is whistle stop. What? Incredible. Yeah, it is. I'm just glad I'm old enough to recognize a reference that you guys have been throwing out. <laughs> Are you going to play hamster dance now? I'm going to like listen to it <laughs> in my ear because my mind. No, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get flagged for hamster dance, not the Disney stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. The hamster dance people are fucking crazy, man. They'll, they'll come after <laughs> those, those, They're actual hamsters. Oh my god, it totally is. It's whistle stop. Talk about the hamster dance. My wife will tell you a story where when we. Well, we'd already been together maybe about six months. Uh, I every time we'd get in the car, I would play the hamster dance song. <laughs> like we'd be like going on a date, and then she'd get in the car and did it in, I need it, oh no, and she, you know, and she's like, hamster dance again. I'm like, you know it. So I feel like you can square dance to that. <laughs> like a, a country you, bar. This is before you were married. You're like dropping hamster dance. Yeah, like, hamster hey, dance. Oh, hey, check this out. And she's like, the hamster dance. Okay. <laughs> and then she married me. So, she, so you know it's real. <laughs> she went through months of the hamster dance. <laughs> I think I'm trying to act too cool these days, man. I don't know. I'm doing something <laughs> wrong. I'm not wiped up. Oh, hamster dance, though. Good note. A reoccurring thing in, in all these songs is, is the covers, right? There's always... Every great Disney song is a great Disney cover. Right. And mm. so... One of the Roger Miller tracks from this movie, Not in Nottingham, was covered by Mumford and Sons, and it's spectacular. Oh, that oh. makes a lot of sense. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I, Roger Miller just had that voice. He he was also famous for um, for his song, uh, King of the Road. King of the Road. I'm a man of means by no means. King of the Road. Like this very like mellow, just like super easy to listen to, almost like a country crooner um, in a lot of ways. But oh, I just I love his voice on these songs. It's unreal. Oh yeah, spectacular. This is not your Robin Hood, but mine. I, I really Disneyed up this time. And this is also oh. aside from like Richard Lewis's uh, uh, Prince. Uh, remember, he was uh, in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Love um, that movie. The one that goes, Your mole is moving. And he goes, I have a mole? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He was, I, I think it's, I think it's yeah. Richard Lewis. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Richard Lewis is the king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Blinken. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Our sheriff? Yeah. Abe <laughs> hey, Lincoln. And Dave Chappelle in that movie, too. Uh, um, this is my favorite, besides Richard Lewis and Robin Hood Man Tice, my favorite Prince John. Uh, he, he's just such a baby. He's just always like, is the, is the snake? It's Hiss, right? Hiss. Hiss. Sir Hiss. <laughs> Hiss. 
This is also also in uh, Jungle Book, right? The same. It's like it kind of looks like the snake from the Jungle Book. Again, reuse animation. We have the same bear, you know, uh, Little John and Baloo. Same bear, both voiced by Phil Harris. So literally, basically the same character. Huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Loved Jungle Book too. As a kid. Oh my god. Then we can make a '90s connection to uh, Tailspin. Love oh. Tailspin. Wow. That was like the that was like the Avengers Endgame of the early '90s. Yeah crossover event of the 90s yeah. yeah from what i understand they wanted to get um phil harris to reprise his role as baloo in that but he was too old and uh, his voice just wasn't right mm. how, how do you feel about uh like the the 90s animation scene in disney like your ducktales your darkwing duck and all that um gosh disney afternoons that was like that was my childhood so yeah i love darkwing duck so much Let's get dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so Go good. Darkwing. Go Darkwing. Duck. <laughs> How about that for a song that's pretty good? There you go. Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. Chip, Rescue Chip, Rangers? Chip, Chippendale. I love the the, the uh, Andy Samberg. Uh, was it Andy that, Samberg? Yeah, it was Rescue Andy Samberg. Rangers? Yeah, that movie was actually really funny. It was. I, John Mulaney? Is it? John Mulaney. Yeah. I had such catch- low expectations for that movie, and it blew my mind. It was really good. Awesome. I haven't seen it. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Well, I will now. Watch it on the the Disney. 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 Yeah. Top nineties are done. I have one more song from nineteen fifty three that I think is worth talking about. Okay, let's go. This is a big one. Yeah. So nineteen fifty three, Peter Pan. That's my favorite Disney movie of all time. Um, Okay. I grew up with that movie. And the song I'm talking about is Second Star to the Right, which is the directions to Neverland. This song was written by Sammy Khan. Do you guys know who Sammy Khan is? You know his music because he wrote so many hits from the Great American Songbook. He's a lyricist. He wrote Ain't That a Kick in the Head, Dean Martin. He wrote Come Come Fly With Me, Sinatra. He wrote uh, Love and Marriage, Sinatra. Right? He wrote Call Me Irresponsible, High Hopes, Time After Time, and one of the best Christmas songs of all time, Let It Snow. This is like a lounge guy. Yeah, yeah. And so if you listen to Second Star to the Right, it it has that vibe, you know? This one opens vibe. the movie, right? It does, yeah, it does. And uh, this song was actually originally written for Alice in Wonderland. They cut the song from Alice in Wonderland. It was originally going to be called Beyond the Laughing Sky. And so they changed the lyrics, but they kept the music and melody and uh, put it in Peter Pan. He wrote a, a handful of the other songs in this movie, uh, Your Mother and Mine and The Elegant Captain Hook. And that song has some background vocals that I think are incredible because they were by the Mellow Men. The Mellow Men was Thorough Ravenscroft's um, band, his, his vocal group. Thorough Ravenscroft, he is the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and he sang, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. So oh. he, he does Wait, meaning, background vocals on Peter Pan. What is that? That's crazy. Meaning he narrated the whole Grinch movie? Is yeah. it the same narrate, narrator and singer? Yeah, that guy with the real deep voice. Wow. You're Tony a mean Tug. one. They're yeah. great. That was good. That was awesome. I love the impressions on this show. <laughs> Nick, any other like um, deep cuts in the '90s or even before that, like 
people have forgotten about. All right, so you know, I I did re- I I did research for this show. I I did my homework to come on this show. So not only are these some of my favorite songs, but I I really did research and and look up some stuff. But I I did have some honorable mentions that I didn't yeah. actually do a lot of research on. So I can kind of talk off the cuff on these. Um, oh please, yeah, please do. Out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame, spectacular song. Um, another Al- Alan Menken song, and that guy was all over the all over the place. This okay. song just has another big connection to me because I just it's another one of those songs about wanting to break out and you know the shy it's, guy. Yeah, it's an awesome like first act tune. Have you seen this like being appropriated by TikTok and melded perfectly with the with the score from How to Train Your Dragon? I've not seen this. Oh boy, it's it's pretty astonishing. Like I don't think in the same key or something, but uh, but I, I do I. I really do enjoy the the Hunchback out there tune. It's also kind of like a, you know, gay anthem. And like, I, I'm not comfortable here. Like, I wish to be out with this with people. And all that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, great song. Fantastic movie. Really underrated movie. Super dark, dark movie. One of the darker ones in the 90s, for sure. Well, I mean, I guess of any. any um, yeah. the, other, the other honorable mention I wanted to say was... Gaston from Beating the Beast. That's the best villain song in any Disney movie. I stand by that. Oh, wait, like, exact opposite of out there. It's like he drinks 12 dozen eggs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To make him large. It's the ego boost song. Yeah. What's brilliant is like, you like, you're like, like, this guy's gross. Like, kind of immediately. But like, like, on first approach, you're like, oh, she's, if you didn't know anything about the movie, like, oh, she's probably going to end up with this guy or whatever. Or the cute librarian or something. Like, uh, but then, like, this guy's like, I'm so pompous, I can suck my own dick. You know, like, like uh, <laughs> uh, and then, like, it, no one doesn't like Gaston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Episode title. Episode title. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For that- sure. How, how about the, um, in Beauty and the Beast, like, I think there's something here that wasn't here before. Oh, spectacular song. Yeah. I think that one's. Pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Are those, are, are those Tim Rice? Did he write the lyric for that one? Uh, yeah, I believe he did. Well, he remember. Um, so Alan Menken and uh, his partner Howard Ashman, they started working the movie. Yeah, and so Ashman died during production of this movie. I'm pretty sure he finished. I don't. I, but I think Tim Rice may have contributed. Also, I could be wrong on that. That like truly breaks my heart because that movie was a smash. Another oh, great man. documentary on Disney Plus. Or yeah, go Disney. plug, plug away. Yeah, watch watch the the Howard Ashman documentary called Howard. Spectacular. Oh man, heartbreaking, but great. How, how about how about modern stuff like posts, post dots, and all this? Uh, how are you with Pixar? How are you with um, the newer stuff? I've always been a big Pixar fan. I feel like the newer stuff Disney and Pixar have both been putting out lately haven't haven't really grabbed me you know like and not to mention you know i feel like they've been lacking in like the song department there's none of these like great songs that you could do a podcast about on any of these you know besides like frozen mm. obviously well, you know, uh, yeah, i well, might be missing yeah. something but nothing well, frozen, frozen's disney proper yeah and like they went musical with it a big you know talking about covers weezer doing into the woods from frozen 2 oh spectacular. man spectacular really yeah, uh, I'm a big Kate, Weezer guy. 
Casey Musgraves does an amazing cover of um, in, Into the Lost and Found. Um, Into the, the Unknown? It, it's the lullaby that Elsa sings with her mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. To the sea. I, I, that's an amazing. There's a lot. And then Panic at the Disco does Into the Unknown. They do, yeah. They do. In 2015, there was a, a record that came out called We Love Disney, and it was just covers. Do you guys remember this? Did you hear this? I, no. I remember this one. It was spectacular. It had Fall Out Boy on it. Uh, oh, they what? covered a song from uh, The Jungle Book, I Want to Be Like You. Fall Out Boy did I Want to Be Like You? Yes. And it was just as good as you're imagining it. Oh, wow. I can imagine a lot of things, though. Which it one was- did they do uh, What's This? Oh, that was on the uh, like an anniversary edition for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah, that was great. What's this? That's crazy. Yeah, uh, Neo. Neo did Friend Like Me. Yeah, let's check out this record. I remember there was a lot of like uh, around that time. There was like a lot of I think like it was like we like being green, and it was a bunch of like contemporary artists covering the Muppets. There's... Well, Gwen Stefani did Rainbow Connection on this soundtrack. I love that. Yeah, Rascal Flatts did Let It Go. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it's Tinkerbell on the cover. Oh, yeah. wow. I remember it's seeing fantastic. the vinyl. The, they do a cover of It's a Small World where all like the vocalists get in on that one. And when Patrick from Fall Out Boy does his part, oh, my heart melts every time. <laughs> I'm gathering you're kind of an old school guy, Nick, but do you like any of like the newer stuff like um, Moana and Raya and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I forgot about Moana. Yeah, Moana's great. Moana, we have The Rock. Right, that's a yeah. great movie. Um, it's, it's, I think it's amazing. They're gonna remake that one. Dwayne Johnson already said it. Ugh, why? Well, he he said it, but you know, are they? We'll see. Well, I think Disney let him say it, so I think they. Yeah. <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, Raya was good. There wasn't any music in that one, right? No, there's a lot of music, but it's just the, uh, the score. No, yeah, score. Like no songs. I guess. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Raya. That, that I've. Um... You, you got you gotta watch Raya. You gotta <laughs> to bring it it's back around one. to tie the bow on the '90s. So the, the animated Peter Pan, I'm not entirely familiar with, was not. Um, I grew up watching another Peter Pan movie. One I know, my guy Nick. I know you you enjoyed it too, Elliot. Hook. Hook. Oh wow. Hook. Oh. And do I'm y'all know? Hook? Do y'all know who made a cameo in Hook? I know, I know. Can I say it? Oh, 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 oh I know where it is. You want to do it who at the same it? time? All right, let's do it. Two. Glenn Close. The, Phil, Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's okay. Technically, both correct. But <laughs> <laughs> damn. Okay. Damn. They were both. This, they were both in Tarzan. Okay. <laughs> Very. That 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 was. It was perfect. a Tarzan reunion. <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> this is the best episode I've ever done. My mind just like, like I just like, oh, oh yeah, they're both in Tarzan. <laughs> and, and they're both in Hook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Collins plays like the inspector, like a uh, police officer who comes uh, after the kids are stolen by Dustin Hoffman's Hook. Right. Yeah. Right. He's blinking you miss for, for real. The literary uh, history of your family. Means yeah. You have, yeah. Man, oh, good man. pull. Yeah. Wow. But man, what I I echo what Ellie just said. I think this this might be our finest 
two hours of of content ever. This was this was a blast. I had such a fun time. Man. Thank both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh on my goodness show. gracious! Thank it was you, amazing. man. You're such a you know you know knowledgeable guy, and you're so passionate about it. So I do hope you you do the you you do you spark up your show again, but. Did you, what was it like going back and did you learn anything new? Did you like, uh, like researching for this show? Yeah. I, I learned a, a lot. Um, I awesome. was able to really have a good time researching this and it, it made me want to bring back my show. And awesome, man. if I decide to do it, you guys are both my guest stars. So one of the things I was really blown away with in my research was how, um, how, the guys in Eiffel 65, you know, mm-hmm. they used they used um, a vocoder effect on on Jeffrey's vocals. Um, not all the time, however, it it was it was very present. Um, yeah, and they reference an artist that inspired them. Oh no! And so this this is an Wait. artist that I I'm they're iconic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are they? And honestly, when I think back on my favorite songs <laughs> of the decade, oh god, this one is up there. This one talks to my love of pop music and and a great vocalist. Um, spoiler: I do own this record on vinyl, um, mm-hmm. so I'm very very excited um, to talk about it. Elliot, yeah. Next next time. Uh-huh. I I present to you uh-huh. shares believe. Okay. Okay. All right. Keep an eye out for that for the opening track, the title track. Bow, um, bow, bow. Arguably one of the more uh influential and important tracks uh, of the past 30 years. Um I think you it really could, you could you could argue that. I think it really introduces like that, like auto tune uh, effect that yeah. you see throughout the early aughts and even. Today. Well, I thought sixty-five would agree with you. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're gonna go if you're gonna go share on me, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this one on you. Hit me. In February of 1998, an album called "In the Aeroplane Over the Sea" came out, and it's by a band called Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh. We're gonna do that. And we're gonna do that because if you keep on pulling this bullshit with me. Where you bring up Bible 65 and Cher and Madonna, I'm gonna come after your ass and like, oh, you think you like like rock rock? Like, how about this? And I'm gonna indie your ass into the ground, Jake. Nutrimilk super indie, like uh it's it's like a definitive indie, yeah. It it's like a proto death cab for cutie, um, in a lot of ways. How get that name out of your mouth. <laughs> Like no, I love we, Death Cab, but 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 yeah, neutral neutral like that that that's it's like uh they're they are um ab- above it. Well, awesome. well, uh, Nick, thanks again for for being our first ever guest uh, on Sipping Mimos or for tonight when you sip upon a star. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Check out Mickey and Minutes wherever you get your podcast. Oh, please do. It's very informative and you cool. Know bite-sized pieces of disney knowledge that you know uh, will make your day a little brighter uh so definitely give, yeah. give that a follow
I think I think that does it. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna take the first star on the right and then go on till morning. Uh, you you hit the waffle house you've gone too far (laughs) yeah wait wait can you text me those directions again because i i don't even know just i'll drop a pin (laughs) drop a pin and i'll uh i'll try to get the google maps is being weird uh it won't take you to other dimensions well this came out in the 50s so i think we're using map quest at this point that was like a dad joke. I'm like, that's where we have to end. Does anyone not remember oh. MapQuest? Silence. Yeah. Oh, guys, it out. Have, yeah. guys, I have news. I ended up at the DreamWorks uh, park and said, uh, I'm training a dragon now. I don't even know what's going on. Wrong watch studio. Out. Watch out oh, for those sh- ogres. Shoot. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure we'll meet up again. But yeah. This has been fantastic. Absolutely. Nicholas, what a dream. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. As always, um, you can find Sip Memos on all the things. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Instagram, sipmemospod.com. Uh, if you missed earlier, our buddy Nick, he's at Mickey in Minutes. Uh, give him a follow. Um, check out his stuff. He really knows his stuff, and uh, you will enjoy it. Oh, and as always. Hey, hey, stay sipping. Stay sipping. <laughs>